What's going on, everyone? And welcome in to another edition of B Shafe Daily. Brendan Schaefer here with you in the evening hours of Monday, February 6th, 2023. Hopping on here to talk some Cardinals baseball, of course. Give me a follow on Twitter at bshafer12 if you haven't done so already. And in particular today, if you caught the last episode of the podcast, episode 325, Kyle Reese, the prospect man himself, joined me to talk a lot of Jordan Walker. So if you haven't caught that episode, it's about an hour long. Good conversation with Kyle scroll back on the podcast feed to find it. But today we're going to be talking about a different topic. And in keeping with the new theme of the podcast, if you heard the episode with Kyle, we're just going to jump right in, try to shorten up these intros for you guys, get right into the meat of the content. This is another episode inspired by a message. This uh, came from Jeff, who said he'd like to hear me talk more about the Diamond Sports, Bally Sports Midwest situation with uh, the company basically that owns Bally Sports Midwest and all the other regional sports Networks basically going bankrupt. It's not going to exist in the form that it currently is for very much longer. And there was some talk about that at winter warm-up when Bill DeWitt Jr. and Bill DeWitt III had their media availability. And because I know this is a topic very relevant to Cardinals fans, over the years as we see different TV service providers, whether you're in St. Louis or outside the St. Louis area, it's on and off with different providers dropping the the service. They don't have Bally Sports. You want to watch the Cardinals, you can't. I don't even know all the ins and outs of it, whether it's Dish or DirecTV or if you're uh, on one of the streaming platforms like a YouTube TV. It seems like it's just been on and off with the reliability of these different services having the ball games. first of all. And for folks who just want a simple solution, they're like, I don't want to have to keep up with all of this that's going on. And from my perspective, that makes sense. I don't want to have to keep up with all of it either. When you look at the nitty-gritty of some of the the reports and the filings and the financial mumbo-jumbo of it all, it's a little bit over my head. But I do want to talk about it because it's very relevant. And again, there may be some things that I say that aren't right because you say, no, you didn't read the right article which said this or that, and and technically the, the legal filing would dictate that such and such. I'm not going to really get in to the weeds super deep on all that, but you can hear the comments from Bill DeWitt the third and Bill DeWitt Jr., the uh, the chairman of the Cardinals, on what they think about the situation because beyond just your ability to watch the games, which I think is first and foremost for a lot of fans, the other interesting wrinkle to this is the revenue that the Cardinals get from the media rights agreement and how that allows the team to spend money on players and payroll and things of that nature. So, that could be something really interesting coming down the pike if things aren't resolved in an orderly fashion. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going to happen, and truth be told, neither do the Cardinals exactly, but uh, the fallout from this could definitely have an impact on on where things go. I don't know if it's as far as the Cardinals had it in mind this offseason and said, well, we can't spend more than we were, we were thinking uh, because we don't really know how this situation is going to develop. I don't know if it's that you know, if the two things are all too related, I think it was more the fact that the market didn't really go the Cardinals way in terms of free agency and price they wanted to pay for different guys. The market kind of exploded around them. They got their deal on Wilson Contreras and that was about it. But it's not crazy to think that these sorts of things going on in the media rights world could have an impact on the Cardinals and and what they feel they're able to do in terms of fielding a a team and, and putting together the payroll So we're going to talk about it because I know it's something that's on people's minds and sooner rather than later, whether that means this season or next season, 
I think these are things that are going to come to pass and, and have a, a little bit of a shakeup on the uh, the industry. Talking about Major League Baseball, uh, could be a, a league-wide situation to monitor. Let's start with a little bit of the background. Like I said, not going to get too deep into it, but Sinclair is the company that owns these uh, these regional sports networks. They bought them from whomever. They keep changing hands. I think Disney originally sold them, and Sinclair Broadcast Group owns a lot of news stations and things of that nature. Diamond Sports Group is this other offshoot company, I believe, that is underneath the Sinclair umbrella, and they renamed the networks Bally Sports. Do you remember that a few years ago from when it used to be Fox Sports Midwest and the sell-off happened? Uh, the, the Disney bought these companies from Fox in 2019, then Disney sold it to Sinclair, and that's kind of where we're at now, and things financially aren't going great for, uh, for the, the networks under Sinclair, and so they are looking to file bankruptcy and that could mean a change to the the system as we know it, which in the end I think could be a positive thing for sports fans, but it is risky, right? Because if the gravy train's not rolling, you have to figure out how to replicate that money and the funding that was that was going to teams because we hear a lot about the media rights deals. You know, the Cardinals get millions upon millions of dollars each year from this deal, and if the checks don't clear, which we don't know whether that's a possibility at this point in time or not. Everything I've read seems to indicate for this year or for this quarter, whatever you want to talk about with the, the financial aspects of it, things are expected to be okay and, and the, the money continue to go for the time being. But I think I, I hesitate to even say in the long run because this could be within the next 3, 6, 12 months that we see things change on this front. Uh, the situation could be different where maybe the money isn't in that reliable way and showing up the way that everybody expected to. So these are questions that were naturally asked at winter warm-up. I believe Jeff Jones broached the topic. Uh, we'll play this clip, and you'll hear in this clip from Bill DeWitt III, who is the team president, runs the business side of things, the son of Bill DeWitt Jr., who is, of course, the Cardinals chairman, principal owner, however you want to term it. That's the setup there. And both of those gentlemen spoke on this topic. And so I'll play some audio and we'll sort of react to it here. MLB is doing a lot of work. And they're really, I think, on the cutting edge of understanding that industry because you know, every team's dealing with it in one form or another. Whether a team owns a piece of its RSN or whether a team is just receiving rights fees. Um, there are lots of models out there, but the bottom line is the overall economics of RSNs have been in decline, and that's concerning to uh, us and all of sports. Uh, it's not just baseball, it's hockey and basketball, and to a lesser extent football, because they're nationalized in the media. But, um, it's something that um, we have to be cognizant of. Uh, we're one of the Valley sports teams. There's, what, um, 20 of them, I think? Um, well, if you count, it depends if you count Cubs or Yankees or Cardinals. But anyway, um, a, a big chunk of the teams are Valley, which is a diamond sports entity, um, which has you know a lot of been written about their financial situation. So it's um, it's a risk factor for us going forward. But I think MLB is on the case and has a lot of contingency planning in place that. Should something happen there, um, we feel good that there's a game plan. It's a concern and a fluid situation. There's yeah. no question about it. And it's, you know, it's 
something's going to happen sooner rather than later, and it's a concern. I mean, it's a big part of our revenue stream. Uh, we have, you know, nice rights fees, and um, you know, the the RSM model is, is uh, at risk. Not to put too fine a point on it, but I mean, when you all model what your next couple financial years look like, is there a version of that that includes what happened if the checks stopped coming for a period yeah. from the RSA? <laughs> you know, we're operating like it's going to stay, but the reality is there's going to be change. So you heard there from Bill DeWitt III and then Bill DeWitt Jr. chiming in on the topic. I, I kind of spliced it together a little bit there so you could hear from both of the both of the gentlemen. And Bill DeWitt Jr. certainly seemed like he wanted to uh, chime in on the topic, right? He said it is a concern, and you heard his son talking about the RSN model has been in decline, and that is concerning because uh, this business, the Cardinals in particular, if, if you've read some of the stories or articles about it, you, you may have seen folks speculating that the Cardinals would be a team hit as hard as any team by this potential shakeup because of how reliant they are on the media rights deal, they've got a good one, especially relative to being a smaller market team. Uh, they they do bring in a, a sizable chunk of funding each year, of revenue each year from this model. And so the, the question came in from Jeff asking about, you know, could this potentially be a good thing in the long run because of maybe the end to blackouts and it might make it more attainable for fans to access Cardinals baseball? I think the answer to that is unequivocally yes. I think ultimately that's where this thing is heading. And in five years, uh, five to seven years, you know, whatever it ends up being, I think we'll all be glad that finally the the changeover happened. And I think when that happens, and you heard Bill DeWitt third talking about MLB has maybe been on the cutting edge of this. They recently hired, I forget the role, the name of the role, but the, the league itself hired a uh, a media guy, basically, vice president of media operations. I'm, I'm going to look up to make sure I'm getting the exact title correct as to the individual that they recently hired on as uh, uh, to a pretty high up executive position in the league office. Yeah, I found it and I'm looking at it now. MLB recently hired a man by the name of Billy Chambers to a newly created role, executive vice president of local media. That was as of January 12, 2023. So not even a month ago, this happened. And they added uh, or they promoted Kenny Gersh to executive vice president media and business development. So local media, media business development, these new vice president roles within MLB, you can kind of tell the direction they're heading with this. And Chambers in particular spent 20 years with Fox Sports Media Group. Uh, he was the CFO overseeing the the Fox Sports broadcast networks. Then he was with Sinclair. Uh, kind of in a similar role. Basically, they hired the guy that had been doing these things in the past with maybe an eye on the possibility that MLB could be running its own media rights at some point down the road. Like, that's what that hiring says to me. Again, I, I've tried to caution everybody to say, I'm not in the, the, the weeds on this stuff, doing the nitty-gritty, knowing uh, the ins and outs of how this may shake out. I think there's some uncertainty, so it's kind of like you can't be wrong venturing a guess because hey, there are a variety of ways this could go, but... I, I want to do some speculation, try to be informed on it as possible, but make note that I don't really know for sure what is going to happen here, and I think there's some uncertainty about it. That being said, you can sort of read the tea leaves to say, okay, MLB is hiring uh, these types of executives that have experience in these areas as 
the RSN, the regional sports network model seems to be failing, seems to be potentially at risk. So you can put those pieces together to say that MLB is at least preparing for the possibility that they would need to carry the load in, you know, running how this works so that their teams end up in a situation where the money doesn't, you know, the money doesn't stop flowing or the, the games are happening and, oh crap, we don't know how to broadcast these because there's no functioning organization that is, is, you know, paying for these rights. And like, there are a lot of questions for sure. And I think you could hear a little bit of the, the consternation in the voices of the, the DeWitts there, not that they're panicking about it, but it was a topic that they were, I think, happy to both talk about because it's uh, definitely very relevant uh, to the interests of of the Cardinals and, honestly, MLB as a whole. And that's where it gets interesting, too, in this, these next clips I'm going to play where the DeWitts were asked about the blackout restrictions in Major League Baseball with regard to television rights because that's another factor that Jeff mentioned in his question that uh, has inspired this episode of the show. He said, as a Cardinals fan who lives in Oklahoma, I would love an end to the blackout rules. In addition to the Cardinals there in Oklahoma, he says he's blacked out on the Astros, Rangers, and Royals, paid for the same cable plan for years because they broadcast most of the Cardinals games, but it's kind of a a limited way to be able to access, right? You have to have traditional cable in a lot of areas if you want to watch the Cardinals. And because they, they might not be available on your YouTube TV. Maybe they are now. I don't know. But there are, you know what I'm talking about, those different streaming platforms and different uh, subscription platforms that may or may not carry the channel that you need to watch the game. And there are people, and Jeff may be one of them, you may be one of them listening to this, who legitimately subscribe to cable, which is the whole kit and caboodle, whether it's, you know, 100 bucks a month, 150 bucks a month, whatever it is. And you're basically doing it just because you want access to Cardinals baseball. You might not use 90% of the other stuff on your cable subscription, but you want to continue to watch Cardinals games, and that's the only way you can get it, and so you do it. You'd say, well, I would buy MLB TV. I'd buy that package if I if I could watch the Cardinals games with it. But, shoot, I'm blacked out from watching the Cardinals games because I live in Oklahoma or I live in Iowa or I live in name the Midwestern Plains town, state, etc., and there's a decent chance you're blacked out from being able to watch the local team on MLB. And when I say the local team, I'm talking about the Cardinals because the Cardinals do have that regional fan base, as you've heard uh, discussed with the DeWitts in these comments, and, and the comments I'm going to play, they hammer that home even more as we're discussing the blackout situation. I think it's so interesting how willing they were to talk about it, and you could just tell, and they're right, because we all know that this is the case, that the blackout thing is ridiculous. Like, it should not be the way that it is, but they, they've they kind of had to finagle around it with the whole regional sports networks and set up the way that it is. And it's an outdated, it's an antiquated process, uh, way of doing things. And so that's why I say five to seven years down the road, I think we're in a much better situation, and I think it's not the worst thing in the world for MLB to be handling things. Now, whether that process ends up being super smooth and whether they end up coming up with the, the right and fair and best answer for how to handle it, you know, they could come up and say, all right, we figured it out. There's no blackouts, but it's going to cost you $500 a year to watch your team. It's like, well, shoot, that's kind of a, a hefty price. Divide that by 12 months. Okay. You know, hopefully for the sake of fans, they come up with a price that's fair and a way of doing things. But I think ending blackouts has to be on the list. And if those conversations are happening, as you'll hear discussed here in the clip I'm about to play, you'll hear some questions. Uh, Derek Gould 
asking these questions uh, of the post St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Talking about the blackout situations, you'll hear it discussed that, you know, the Cardinals, of all the teams perhaps, would be in a position to benefit from ending those situations, ending the blackout rules, because, I mean, just think about the number of fans listening to this, number of fans that have spoken out about it on Twitter who have said, I, the blackouts, I can't watch hardly any of the teams that I want to watch if I've got MLB TV. So it's definitely a problem, and it's one that the Cardinals are very in tune with and recognize. And you tell me, hear the tone of the voices that you're hearing, and maybe it's something that there's a level of confidence that there might be a window of opportunity here for as they figure out what's next in the wake of maybe the demise of the RSN model. Maybe what's next ends up including the blackouts being done away with because they don't make any sense, honestly, in the modern media world. So I'm going to play this next clip here, and then we'll react to it after the fact. How how important for y'all was as much of a regional team as y'all as the Cardinals are, and the caravans show that, the radio network really shows that. How important is the blackout policy when this is all sorted out and maybe the the areas that you could then reach, say Iowa, which is in a dead zone, through whether it's streaming or whatever model emerges. Is that an essential part for the Cardinals to have worked out that the blackout policy? It is. I mean, it's, it's especially important for us because yeah. we do have a regional fan base and our subscribers have been declining because the model has, you know, most favored nation. Agreements that you know, if somebody is paying a lesser amount in an outlying city, then you know I'm not going to pay what I'm paying here. It's, you know, it's complicated, but you know we've lost subscribers not because they don't want to watch Cardinal baseball, but um, you know it's just not as available. So I think you know things are definitely going to change. MLB's on the case, uh, and I think you'll see. I don't know how long it's going to take, but, you know, in not too long a period of time, it's going to be a different delivery system where everyone will have an opportunity to watch Cardinal baseball. So um, it's complicated. Um, we're hoping for the best uh, because it's a big part of our brand. Would you like blackouts to be gone? I mean, just to, would you like that not? Would, those, would you like those to be over in a streaming world? Well, I think ideally you you make uh, Cardinal baseball available to, and particularly in our broader market, those who would like to see it, and you know, those are families for a regional thing. Well, I would just add, you know, Derek, that the territorial um, rights geography of MLB is like a hundred years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's been modified for, with expansion, but you know, you can imagine it creates distortions because of the antiquated nature of it. And there's a lot of talk at homeowners meetings about cleaning it up. Put it that way, and it's a bigger issue than just us. But um, I think these blackout areas are really problematic in baseball, and everybody knows it. And I think a lot of teams that used to protect areas. Because oh, those are our fans. We don't want, you know, Cubs fans getting there when they're card. That stuff. I mean, for us is uh, 
needs to get cleaned up. So we're hopeful that, that some of that gets solved through this uh, local media rights uh, changing. So you can hear the emphasis there from both Bill DeWitt Jr. and Bill DeWitt III talking about blackouts. There seems to be a consensus here, at least for the Cardinals, get rid of them. There's no point in having them anymore. You heard Bill DeWitt III talking about, you know, the system's 100 years old. In a streaming world, it just does not make sense to have it that way anymore. And, yeah, there are going to be teams who think, well, I don't want the St. Louis Cardinals to have access to these fans because they're technically geographically closer to my team's stadium and I would like to be able to to maybe win those fans over. I just don't think that's a realistic way to do things anymore, and I think it's costing the league money, to be honest with you. You can put together a revenue share, uh, finding a way to uh, have some of the funds filter down to the teams that don't have the robust fan bases, so to speak. But if MLB is owning the rights, you might as well let the fans be fans of the team that they want to root for because if you allow that and you open it up and you end the blackouts, those fans are going to be more ardent fans of that team. There are people in the middle of this country who might have access to Camo X on the, the right night when it's clear, and so the Cardinals radio network has the power, man. It, it travels far and wide, but they'd like to be watching the team. They'd like to be more invested in the team, and they just can't follow it on the level that they wish they could because MLB's antiquated policies are keeping them from doing so. The Cardinals would be, you know, you heard the notion that the Cardinals would be first and foremost of the teams that could be impacted negatively if this whole RSN system goes belly up. Okay, yeah, I could understand that in the very, very short term. I could also see if MLB nails this and they get it right and they get the distribution correct on how it needs to be to uh, allow for accessibility, but also, yeah, fans, you know, you might not like it at first because you're used to paying for cable and you don't really notice specifically what percentage of that ends up being Cardinals baseball. Like I said, for some of you, you might just be continuing to get cable in a cord-cutting universe just because of Cardinals baseball, and that might be the thing that allows you to cut the cord. If it switches to a subscription service that just gets you Cardinals baseball, it might be 50 bucks a month. I don't know what that ends up being, but if you're paying 120 bucks a month for cable and you don't really use the, the majority of it, I don't know. That might be a trade-off that a lot of people are willing to make, and there might be fans in areas that currently don't get Valley Sports Midwest where they say, oh, I can pay X a month just to make sure I get the Cardinals, or I can pay X a month for MLB TV. I can watch all the games, and it's maybe a little pricey, but it's well worth it because my team is included in that. I think it's a slam dunk. I think it is a slam dunk for MLB to figure out a way to make that work. I just don't know. Guys, I just don't know whether they're going to do it effectively at the end of the day. Like, I'm hopeful. You hear the talk there from the Cardinals ownership and from Cardinal, you know, the, the team president and talking about owners meetings. This is a topic, you know, it's going to come to a head and they know that in St. Louis. I think they know that around the league. I just hope when they get into those owner meetings, all 29 of the other owners are as kind of open-minded about where this needs to head so that it allows the league to be able to do it in an effective way. If there are teams that that are fighting it, and I imagine it could be the you know the smaller 
market teams, the owners that are worried about, well, what happens to my piece of the pie when we open it up and some teams have crazy subscription numbers and others don't? I think revenue share is the answer. I don't know what form or fashion it ends up taking, but I think that's the way to make it work. But, man, I think in the long run, the Cardinals could actually benefit from this whole situation changing in the changing of the guard, so to speak, as long as MLB puts out a sensible format for how television slash streaming slash media rights looks in the future. I don't know how far down the road this is, but I think it could ultimately be a positive. It just might be a little bit uncomfortable getting there because of the current uncertainty. You could hear the way Bill DeWitt Jr. spoke about it. Owner of the team, he said, you know, it's going to change. It's going to look different. He's not mincing words. He's telling you that this is going to happen. It's just going to be a matter of how the league, how we react to it. But I think the Cardinals are in tune with what it's going going to be, how it's going to look. And I think it's going to end up being okay. Like, if you're asking, hey, I've seen the articles where they name the Cardinals as being one of the main teams that are going to be affected. Yeah, I mean, that's possible. But again, Bill DeWitt Jr. says, well, we're operating as though it's not going to happen to where the checks literally stop coming in you know March or whenever they're supposed to have that next round of payments. They're not anticipating that happening. And I, you know, they know better than me the way that's going to go. But before long, it is going to change. And so how they want to go about being prepared for that, I think is, yeah, it's going to be important. But it's really interesting, too, because not just from like a perspective of what are the Cardinals going to do? Is it going to impact their payroll? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's it's possible. You could tell that it's something that they're aware of and they're hoping it gets resolved. But like the reason I'm not worried is because the interest in baseball and the interest in Cardinals baseball specifically I don't think is going anywhere. I think the fan base is robust. It is mighty. It is far-reaching. And so if you set up a system that gives these people, these Cardinals fans, an opportunity to 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 buy in, to get to watch the team that they love, I don't know. I think that ultimately ends up being a positive. It's just the distribution method has to be improved because right now it's it's just not good. They're operating under an antiquated system where not everybody who wants to consume Cardinals baseball has the opportunity to do so. So I think at the end of the day, when you're talking about robust fan bases, and if that's the way each team is going to benefit individually with maybe a little bit of a mind on revenue share to make sure the bottom teams don't get left out, and you've got to get those owners to agree to it, I guess. There's probably a vote. I don't know. But if that's the way it ends up going, benefit to the Cardinals in the long run. Over the next year, I don't know, but I think... The way they do the the financials of all these deals and stuff, I think the Cardinals are going to be just fine. I don't personally think it's going to have a major impact on payroll, but it is interesting to think about because you, you don't really realize how reliant the Cardinals and a, a lot of these teams, you heard them say, 20-some-odd teams, and then like the Cubs have marquee as their network, but they, you know, they own a, a significant stake in that. Uh, the Yankees, yes, network, same thing. Cardinals own a stake of their regional sports network already, but the the dynamic would certainly change if it ends up being a, a larger chunk of the pie or the whole thing that then the team is or the league itself is responsible for putting the product out, which is going to have costs associated, right? They would just be taking over. And there have been articles within the last day or so talking about the notion that, uh, you know, MLB is forming these 
economic groups and baseball is reportedly thinking about taking the the rights from Bally. Not, I mean, I don't know that it's some sort of hostile takeover. If Bally's not got the money to put together what you know the payments they're supposed to have, and they're they're considering bankruptcy, I don't really know what the alternative would be. MLB has to have their games on TV and has to have people watching. Uh, so yeah, I think if MLB realizes, Hey, maybe worse comes to worse, we're going to have to handle this thing. Maybe that's the way they're looking at it. I don't know though, right now, if that's like, okay, it's a fallback option. If all else fails, or if it's maybe going to be the plan. And some people say, Oh, if MLB had to run it, it would just be a disaster. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how it could be worse than, and this is not to speak anything of like the on-air talent or the people that are are on the Cardinals broadcast. This has nothing to do with them. They they're just the people you know doing the the work on TV. But like the executives and the owners of these companies, their ability to prioritize the the broadcast and the quality of these productions, it's it's really it only goes so far as the people that are that are doing the work on the ground and in the local markets and things like that. I think as a overarching company, clearly, you know, the, the, the priorities have been a little bit out of whack and they, they keep selling off these RSNs until the bubble kind of bursts. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to be working from like a higher up perspective. Feels like one of those deals where you're, you're liquidating and you're saying, all right, these executives are going to, they're going to continue to make their paychecks, but and we'll pay billions for this asset, but at the end of the day, it's going to have to file bankruptcy. Like, I don't get how any of that works. It's weird to me. I just think in the end, this has happened a number of times where it sold from Fox to Disney to Sinclair, and now that entity is filing bankruptcy. It's all going to have to come to a head sooner rather than later, and when it does, it will definitely change things. I hope it changes them for the better. It may take a little while for that to happen but five years down the road, like I notice I didn't say three years down the road because I don't know, maybe if it takes 18 months to come to a head and then it's clunky for the next 18 months, maybe it's not right away a great scenario. Or maybe MLB has put the people in place to make sure it functions as it's supposed to and, and there's really just kind of a seamless transition. We'll see. We don't know when that transition happens. We don't really know what that transition will be, but it's definitely interesting to talk about. Let me know what you think at bshafer12 on Twitter. Obviously, this has not been our usual kind of Cardinals conversation where we're talking about on the field and things of that nature, but it is something that's relevant, I think, to a lot of Cardinals fans, so I'm curious to see what you guys think, and uh, I got questions about it, so I decided, uh, yeah, there was some some good audio from the stakeholders there at Winter Warm-Up, and there's what they had to say, so now you've gotten to hear it. Let me know what you think. Once again, at bshafer12 on Twitter. Appreciate you guys, as always, for listening to Shafe Daily. Please make sure a couple of things. You're subscribed on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so that you never miss an episode. It's really all I've got. Appreciate you guys, as always, for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on Be Shape Daily. Peace.